Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. Now this week I am talking about a topic that we haven't covered totally um, on any of the episodes of the podcast and a member of my free Facebook group asked me if I would talk about it. So I thought, well, that's a very good reason to pick it up. So this week we are going to be looking at de-escalation. And I've talked about this in parts in other podcasts and in, in various other media, but I thought I would take you through briefly today the kind of the, the process that we use when things are escalating at home. Now, this will give you an overview. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be able to go into loads and loads of detail or personal advice or anything like that. But I'm going to give you an overview so that you understand it. And hopefully then you can think about how you would kind of adapt it and change it to meet the needs of your child. Because like anything, no two children are the same, no two adults are the same. So the framework I'm sharing with you today works in all situations, whether it's between adult and child or adult and adult, it works. But we adapt it to meet the needs of that individual situation. And that's where taking some time to kind of think through the situation and what you need and what your child needs becomes really important. If you want some support with that, don't hesitate to come and jump into my free Facebook group. Um, It's called Connective Parenting Using MVR and I will put the link in the show notes as well. So without any further ado, let's start talking about de-escalation. Now, as always, when I'm talking about this, we need to look at the different types of escalation first. Because if we don't understand those, understanding what de-escalation looks like can be a bit harder. Now, some of you will recognise this type of escalation. One person starts getting wound up, maybe the child, they start pushing a few buttons and you start joining in and you start getting wound up as well. And you're both getting more and more wound up and maybe voices are getting a bit more raised. It's getting a bit shouty. It's getting really, you know, really kind of escalated and angry and aggressive sometimes at this point you don't even remember what you're arguing about but you both keep going until eventually one or other of you explodes and we call that joint or symmetrical escalation and I'm sure there are some of you listening to this going oh yep that's me Um, and that's absolutely fine recognizing the type of escalation that happens within the home is really important the second is giving you an escalation And this is where we are kind of backing down or giving in when our child kind of pushes our buttons or presses us or, you know, pushes for what they want. And it might be that you are giving in because you are fearful of their response. If you say no, it might be because you're tired, not feeling very well, just haven't got the energy to kind of, you know, stand your ground that day. And this is really common as well. And some of you will be thinking, oh, God, yeah, that's absolutely me. And I'll be honest, I've done both. I've done what we call giving in escalation and I've symmetrically escalated. I do both. My poor son doesn't always know what's coming uh, because I do a bit of both. In some households, you'll find one parent always escalates with their child and the other one always gives in. And the child therefore learns kind of who to go to dependent on the response they're looking for or need. So just think about which one of those you're doing. And there's no judgment on that. It's not a right or wrong. It's it's human nature. 
But once we're aware of how we're responding, then we can start thinking about changing it. And when we're thinking about de-escalation, that's the middle ground between escalating with them and giving in. Now, what I will say is giving in through active choice is very different than giving in through, you know, fear or exhaustion. When we give in through active choice, i.e., yes, it's absolutely fine for you to have another chocolate biscuit and it's only 7 a.m., our body language, our whole demeanour, the message we're giving across with the words we use and our tone of voice is very different to when we are giving in out of fear or exhaustion. So giving in through active choice, not a problem. Don't worry about doing that. Not necessarily all the time, but don't worry about doing that so much. Giving in through fear or exhaustion, that's the one we need to change. So as I said, de-escalation is that middle ground between giving in or escalating with them. And it's where you are taking control of the situation as the adult in a very kind of calm and resolute manner. You are focusing in that moment on keeping everyone safe, if that's, you know, a potential issue, and on your own self-regulation. That is it. You're not trying to understand what was happening. You're not trying to reason with them. You're not trying to rationalise. You're not trying to get them to tell you what's going on. You're not trying to, you know, say kind of, you know, what's going on, what's going on. You've got to tell me, come on, tell me what's going on because it's not going to work. When we are escalating, we're going into fight and flight, which is the reptilian part of our brain. That's survival mode. That's do I need to run away from this bear that's coming to attack me or do I need to freeze and hope they don't see me? In that situation, we don't need to be rational. Our rational thinking brain is offline. So when we constantly say to them, come on, tell me what's wrong, what's going on, they can't answer that. And then often as the parent, we get more and more frustrated because they're not giving us the answers we need. And as we get more frustrated, our response to them raises and gets more frustrated and we just go round in circles. So as I've said, all you want to be doing in that moment, and I say all knowing how hard it is, is to minimise the risks and the arousal level of everybody and keep everyone safe. We're going to raise our presence in that moment by doing that and we're going to take action later, not in the moment. When we take action later, and I'll explain about that in a moment, we then start to see the changes happening. So if you've listened to my episodes where I've talked about kind of how we raise our presence as parents, we want to be saying to the child or showing the child possibly more than actually saying, I'm here, it's okay, I can help you with the big emotions you're feeling right now. And when we do that, we show them that we are there, we're raising our presence, we're showing them that we can see that they're struggling in that moment and that we are strong enough um, emotionally as much as physically to contain them and support them with that. So if you think about, I often talk about harbour walls and as we raise our presence, we're our harbour walls around our children. When we are de-escalating, we are putting those big harbour walls up around them that says it's okay, I've got you, it's safe, we can do this. And then we are helping them to de-escalate. 
it's not easy to do and it's something that I know as a parent I found really hard to do to start with but it's become easier and easier over time. One thing that is critical for me and I think this is true of all parents you know de-escalation if we're not looking after ourselves is really difficult because when we are tired um, stressed not feeling great you know just I don't know feeling overwhelmed all of those things it's very hard to stay calm in the moment very hard you are much more likely to escalate with them or just give in because you haven't got the mental capacity to handle it in that moment and that's why one you know one of the reasons why I talk about the the importance of self-care all of the time because it makes de-escalation so much easier so if you're kind of one of those who is sitting listening to me sometimes talking about self-care and thinking oh why she keep talking about it you know blah 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 I haven't got time or I don't want to do it or I don't need it I talk about it because it's vital for this if you are naturally a chilled out person um, and you're naturally relaxed and chilled out fantastic you may not need it in the same way but many of us aren't and that's why I talk about it so much so as the child is escalating we want to be doing as little as possible to increase the escalation and add fuel to the fire. And I'm going to give a few ideas now, things we can do to help them regulate themselves and, and potentially to help us co-regulate with them, but also to keep us regulated. And this is the important part. If we say to our child, you need to calm down or regulate yourself or sort yourself out. A, saying, telling someone to calm down, I don't know about you, but I don't think it works very well at all. We need to show them what to do and help them. If we just say, go and calm down, lots of children won't because they're either not able to in that moment or lots of different things going on that mean they're not capable of doing that. So if we do it with them, A, we're keeping ourselves regulated, which is obviously a key part of de-escalating, but they're more inclined to engage with us and join in. So you can do things um, that are kind of a form of sensory input and that is fantastic for regulating and it will help you stay regulated. So you might just do some big deep breaths in and out and you might exaggerate them to make it obvious kind of what you're doing. You might want to do something physical like star jumps or running on the spot. You might want to um, have a drink because the particularly out say a sports bottle because a sucking action is really calming or eat something chewy or crunchy because again that's really calming you might want to play with some uh, blue tack or some putty something like that because that really regulates so does physical touch so things like a hug um, or a massage and I know that you know in the middle of an escalation you're not going to go and lie down on a couch and have a, a full massage but things like just massaging your hands can work really well. And if your child will let you, massaging their hands or feet can be a fantastic way of helping them kind of calm their body down and regulate. All of these things can work really well. Now, what I would say is don't just walk up to them and give them a big bear hug. Because for most of us, it would make us jump out of our skins and we wouldn't like it. There's also obviously that kind of thing around consent. So, you know, say to your child, would you like a hug? They're in control of it. They can say no. And increasingly in my work with parents, when we say it that way round, we get more yeses than I'm going to give you a hug. There's a kind of a natural sense of no, you're not built in when you say that. 
Uh, so, you know, just ask them before you touch them because it is their bodies. It's teaching them consent and you're not going to kind of freak them out, particularly if they've got a trauma background, because we never know whether the words we're using have been used by, um, you know, in, in a negative way in the past. So just be aware of those things. The other kind of way of regulating is actually to say as little as possible. And for some children, this is very effective. For others, it gets them really cross. I think it's really important to not just go quiet, because if you just stop talking, that's just weird. Um, and when I do that, if I'm training, I reckon we get to about 15 seconds on usually, sometimes up to 20 before someone says something if I've just stopped talking. I don't think I've ever gone above 20 in a training session, 20 seconds in a training session before somebody has said something because we feel uncomfortable with that silence. So if you're going to reduce the amount you're talking, just say, you know, I, I'm not going to talk too much, but I'm here for you if you want me so that they understand why you're talking. As much as possible, we really want to stay with a the child. They need that connection in the moment. Those feelings they've got are showing you that they're worried, scared, angry, upset, fearful, um, frightened, lonely, nervous. All of those feelings and they're coming out potentially as anger. And so we need to stay with them and stay connected so that they're getting the connection they need to help them to feel safe and ultimately to start regulating again. If we choose to disconnect from them that could increase those feelings of um, lack of safety now obviously there are always reasons why you may need to leave them if it is unsafe for you to remain with them you may need to leave uh, but I have had some parents say to me actually when I go and, I don't know into a room and shut the door it makes my child worse and it's more dangerous to do that so you need to think about what is safer for you and for them because obviously safety is the prime concern. Once you've calmed them down or they, they have regulated themselves, should I say, and that could take, you know, it could take a few hours depending on what's going on. Then we leave it and when everybody is calm, we talk about what has happened and what's going on and how they were feeling. What you will find sometimes is that when you start to de-escalate in this way and respond differently, the child is used to a particular response. So they will do everything they can to get you to respond in the way that they are expecting. It's really important for them because they want that sense of um, safety and knowing what's going to happen. When you respond differently, it can be quite unnerving for them and so they want everything to be how they were expecting it to be. So be aware that they might push your buttons a little bit more um, when you start to de-escalate. It's really common. Um, so just go with it. Keep going. Keep showing them that they're safe. Keep raising your presence as you're doing it. And over time, it will get easier, I promise. And then what we do afterwards when things are calm is we have what is often called the deferred conversation. And this is where we sit down with them. When things are kind of, uh, or when the iron is cold or at least as cool as possible, because I appreciate in some houses it never gets cold. Then we talk to them about what was happening 
It's not a telling off conversation. It's not a you're not good enough conversation. It's not a lecture because none of us need a lecture. Children will know that if they were um, aggressive um, verbally or physically or behaving in a way that kind of isn't, I was going to say right, but you know what I mean, in it, not in a great way, they know that. They don't need us to go in and start telling them off and shouting at them. That's not going to help. What they need is for us to sit down, reconnect with them or connect with them, depending on the situation and be there to help them understand what happened, understand their emotions and think about how they can manage it differently next time. And when we do that, when we sit down with them, when we connect, when we're not telling them off for not being good enough, then over time we start to see change. And this fits in with um, kind of the idea of consequences. And you can listen to uh, one of my podcasts on consequences, one of my previous episodes. So I'm not going to talk about those again now. But this kind of deferred conversation is really, really valuable in terms of changing behaviours. It's not a quick fix. It's not a magic wand. But over time, it absolutely will start changing behaviours because we are focused on helping the child understand themselves and manage those emotions. Not on, I'm the adult, I've told you off, that's what I'm supposed to do, now go and sort yourself out. Because if that worked, none of us would be having the issues we are or have had. It is about using these conversations carefully in a, in a managed way, in a calm way, and working at their pace in terms of understanding themselves. So if you've never had these conversations before, you may just want to have a very brief, you know, I could see you're upset earlier. I'm here if you want to talk. If you have quite a connective relationship with your child and that you know they understand their emotions and they're quite good at talking to you, you might want to have a more in-depth conversation. You know, I could see you were really upset earlier. Do you want to talk about what was happening? I'm here to help. We can think about ways we can manage the situation or resolve it or change it or, you know, whatever's going on for them or who we can talk to. So the conversation really does depend on your relationship with your child, your child's understanding of themselves and their emotions and your connection with them. So take it slowly, take it at their pace, move it forward slowly because you don't want to stop them from talking to you and put up a barrier. You want them to feel comfortable talking to you and talking about emotions. And I honestly believe this is one of the most important, you know, and effective parts of MVR in terms of connecting with our children and moving our relationship forward. I have done these conversations for years now with my son um, in different ways now we kind of adapt it and we'll talk about things in different ways and I will judge the situation as to how I manage the conversation you know and if he's upset I'll say you yeah, know I can see you're not very happy what can we do it's not necessarily just about an escalation but they're really powerful conversations but if you're new to this approach I would say start with de-escalating first and just get used to that if you're using natural and logical consequences things will start to change and then bring in the deferred conversation when you're ready to do it but don't put it off just because you're too scared to do it if that makes sense uh, because I know that it's powerful and I know that you are capable of doing it so that's a brief overview of de-escalation 
just a reminder, you have symmetrical escalation where you both go up and you have giving in escalation. And you want to find that middle ground where you have that inner strength and belief in yourself that you can manage this situation and you're giving off that energy to your child. I've got this. I can do this. I'm here for you. We can get through this together. That's de-escalation. That's creating connection. That's helping your child. And when you get to that point, things will over time start to change. But as I said, it's not a magic wand, unfortunately. I really, really, really wish it was. And then move on and have the deferred conversation. And again, over time, things will start to change. So I hope this has been useful. Um, as I said, if you want some more help and support, you can drop into my free Facebook group, uh, which is Connected Parenting Using MVR. And the link is in the show notes. Or if you want more help and support, if you feel you want to work with me more directly, um, then get in touch. And you can do that via my website, sarahpfisher.com. And we can think about how best I can work with you and support you. Uh, there are different ways, the membership hub, um, the connected parenting hub, rather, I should say, um, or working with me on one to one basis or through some of my group programs. So get in touch and let's see how we can uh, support you if that's what you would like. That's all for this week and this episode. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.